Uh, Karen looks like she got either slain in the spirit or she passed out. One or the other. Come on, Karen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I guess just too much wine before your time, huh? Hallelujah. We'll cancel her flight with Delta. She can just fly just the way she's going right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom. Yeah. John, are you ready? I think so. I want you to just open up your hearts. Embrace the man and the Word of God that's coming forth this morning. The one and only, because I don't know anybody like him. The one and only. Just watch it. I got my zoot suit on. You wonder why I've missed the last 15 years, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Bring me down just a little bit. We may end up just laughing all day long, huh? Is that what it is? That's all right. Okay. You don't need to hear from me because you've already heard the Lord in so many different ways. Okay. Really? You going you gonna take my spot like that, girl? You know what's funny about this is that we ministered Terminal more, which I, I was ministering with uh, uh, a prophetic uh, voice many years ago, and I stood in the pulpit with her as she was kind of introducing me. I was supposed to sing a song, and we were just talking. And and I don't know why, but the whole audience just erupted in a big laugh. <laughs> you know, and I don't I don't to this day I don't understand why, but uh, you know God has a sense of humor. And sometimes he's got to break us from the, the monotonies of our lives that we find ourselves dealing with every single day. Amen. Amen. Uh, but um, I want to say hi. I'm, I'm John, and uh, I am honored to be standing in this house, in this pulpit, with such wonderful family. Uh, you notice I call them family. They're not friends. They're family. You all are. I've missed being here. Uh, my life, as you all know, or many of you know, that it was almost taken several times throughout the course of living. Um, and so while I was on my deathbed, when God asked me if I'd go back and pastor, and I thought that was a big joke because I had no interest in doing anything anymore but dying. Amen? That's all I was interested in because I just wanted to get out of the pain. I wanted to get out of the struggle. I wanted to get out of the weakness. I wanted to get out of the, 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 just the sense of not being able to be of any value anymore in society. But God had a different, a different picture. And he had to change my picture because, you see, I was looking at life through the lens of death. And he had to restore my vision. And so he knew that my heart, I love to pastor. I've traveled around the country, we've traveled around the world, and, and I've, I've loved it. Forever, but the pastoring is just something that has been ingrained in me for the longest time. I didn't even know that I was called to be a pastor. You see, to stand here before you, you would have never seen that if I would have had my way. Because I never wanted to stand in public. I never wanted to stand and talk before anybody because, you see, I used to stutter. A lot of times I couldn't remember what I was thinking. That was back then. Could you imagine now? Are you? So, so did that transference come from here? Is that what it was? <laughs> but uh, you never know what God is going to do. And as a matter of fact, it was really interesting because you have a gentleman sitting in the back there. His name is Brian. And, uh, you know, the service, sometimes, you know, we have our expectations. 
and we have things that we are wanting from God, but we, you know, sometimes we put limits on God and, and we tell him how we want it. And you see, that's not what he's asking from us. He's simply asking for us to be available for whatever it is that he wants to move that he's got somebody to work through. Okay, and so Brian, back here, while instead of you know, the team up here doing the worship, afterwards my lovely wife got up there and she sat on the keyboard so wonderfully and she sang her song. And, and, and the Spirit of God caught him out in the parking lot in his car and brought him in. And he wanted to know that he was just drawn. And I want you to know that this is, this is how God works. You know, we've done Christmas banquets. You know, I don't do banquets as far as your typical, you know, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. If you call me to do a, ba- a Christmas banquet, I'm going to do exactly what I do. Okay, that's, that's who I am. It's not something that I, if that's who I am. I've come to find that out and stuff. And so, uh, but we've had many times when we're singing and we're worshiping God and people off the streets would come in and they say, I, I heard the music. I heard the sound. And, 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 and what is it that I must do to get saved? You see, and that's where I want to be with, with my life with God. I'm not here to try to impress you with my ability to speak because I can guarantee you right now, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to be disappointed. Because I'm not the teacher, I'm not the speaker, it's the Holy Spirit that will give you exactly what it is that you need for your life today. Now, I've got good news, okay? It's almost 12 o'clock. And I'm getting hungry. So I'll cut it short to three and a half hours. Alright? Is that alright? So, anyway... Uh, I want to say a, a real special uh, hi to Cherie, my friend, my sis. Okay, I've missed you, girl. Okay, and your husband, Ryan? It's good to meet you, bro. You take care of my sis, okay? Because if I find out, I'm coming back. Okay? I used to tell, my, I used to tell my, my youth leaders back home, they were these big old Mexican guys, gang bangers, bald head. You know, dressed up just kind of like I am. Okay, that's, I had to represent, okay? So, so, and I used to tell them, you know, that's when I was 120 pounds. And just, you know, basically I was almost nothing. And so we'd sit in my office, and if they made a mistake, I brought them in the office. And I said, okay, listen. I said, we're not going to do this anymore, all right? If we do, then get ready because Dad's coming, all right? And I'm going to beat the snot out of you. And I said, you guys may weigh 230, 240, and you may be bigger than I am, and I may be 120, you know, soaking wet. I said, but don't worry about it. I still cook you behind. Okay? And I said, don't think I can't. Okay? My issue today compared to what I used to be when I used to be able to handle myself really well is I can still handle myself, but I got to do it within the first two minutes. Okay? After that, after that you got me. All right? So, so be ready. Listen, I want to talk today a little bit about, uh, hey, there it is. I want to talk about first fruits. Now, I want you to know that the first fruits that I'm going to be talking about is not necessarily what we learn, you know, through the feasts and everything else. Okay? It, it, it has to do with, with, with giving, yes, but giving what? Giving of your finances? Sure. Okay, but is that all we give? No. But unfortunately, that's what we do. We figure out, you know, sometimes we think we can pay God you know, to, to help our lives so that we can become everything that we want to be. Sometimes we think that, you know what, if we just take it, if we just put in a little bit of time, we think that that's all we need to do in order for God to do what he needs to do and what he's asking for us in our lives. And, and it goes beyond that, guys. Okay? Matthew 6.33, it says this. It says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay? Do you see what it says? It says, seek first. His kingdom. It didn't say, you know, cry out for finances. It didn't say cry out for healing. It didn't say cry out for your marriages. It didn't say cry out for your children. It said seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these things will be given. We've got to get our priorities restructured again, and we have to get our, 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 you know, our ducks in order where we need to go. Another scripture that I like to use is Malachi. Of course, we all use that when we're talking about offerings, right? I want you to know something of what I've seen in this. Look, I'm going to read it out of the NIV, and it says this. It says, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Aren't you glad of that? 
says, ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. So return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask how we return to? How do we, how do we return to you? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, well, how do we rob you? In tithes or first fruits and offerings? You are under a curse. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. It says, bring the, and I want you to focus in on the word whole tithe. All right? How many hours do we have in a day? How many? 24. 24. Now, if we want to be legalistic, okay, technically, if we're going to bring our whole tithe, God needs from you two hours and 40 minutes every morning or every day. Every day. I mean, that's the minimum. Okay? Now the question is, is, do we give him that kind of time? Oftentimes it's really difficult because you see there's so much that life has brought across our path that we've allowed ourselves to get so caught up in a system that demands our time. That's right. Okay? And, and I've, have you ever, for you guys and maybe some of you gals, have you ever built something without using the instructions? Okay? You know, a lot, a lot of guys, thank you, Ms. Kathy. Okay. Yeah, we have. And I have, I have as well. I've, you, know, you know, listen, I've, I've been in construction. You know, I've, I know how to use my hands. And so, so I know how to build things. But there are some times in life when I find myself that when I'm trying to do something without really fully understanding the whole thing, then I do a half job. Are you hearing me? I do a half job. And so finally when I get frustrated after spending... 16 weeks on it instead of one day. Almost like the children of Israel did that it was an 11 day journey. It took them 40 years. And then even in that 40 years, the generation that was so rebellious and so complaining, they had to go away. All right? Bring the whole time. God says to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's everything. How many times when we come to church, we find ourselves that because we've allowed the stresses of life, the circumstances and the storms that seem to surround us in our lives, how oftentimes we allow those things to become the focal point when we come to church so that we can't give God all the time. You see, what we experience here, what happened last night, and what's been going on throughout the week, it's been so phenomenal. Okay, but the question is, is that the feast ends today. So tomorrow when you wake up and there's no church service, tomorrow when you wake up and, 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 and your, your, your praise and worship team is not going to be up on the platform, I'm not going to be here. These speakers that have spoken and, and those that have given prophetic words and worship, they're not going to be here. What are you going to do? See, we put, unfortunately, we put people such, to such a pedestal position that, that, that that's all we can see and that's all we can think. And we've left God in the backdrop. And God is simply saying, stop the insanity. I love that. Remember that back in the 70s, that lady with that white hair? Yeah. Susan Powder was her name, I think it was. What a name. Okay. Stop the insanity. Okay. Do you feel like you've got insanity in your life? No? No. I'm glad you don't, but I sure do. Okay. I know. <laughs> Let's go on. Continue. In the tithe and the offerings, you are under curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat or there may be food in my house. Now I want you to know that when it talks about bring the whole tithe, in other words, bring all of you. Don't just bring your money. And don't bring God a half-hearted worship. Okay? The dance that you danced here, that should, be, that should be a common place. The healings that have taken place, that, you know, uh, Dave last night, when he talked about you know, what he was going through all week long, and all of a sudden he found himself in the presence of God, where that, that you know, his back just taken and just got taken care of. Okay? And how many times we find ourselves, listen, I thought I was Superman when I was younger. Okay? I did. Okay? 
I was strong. I was bigger. Where up here, I was bigger there. Now it's here. <laughs> and, 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 and let me say this, okay, for the first time in my life, okay, I'm glad that I have a, a little belly here. Because if you saw me 15 years ago, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, I had no, two years ago, I had nothing. Okay? My ribs were protruding, you can ask my wife, everywhere. Okay? I had nothing. My arms were, I mean, before when this, this, this watch, you could even, I mean, it would just probably you could double it to get it over my wrist. All right? And so, but, you know, I, I couldn't just depend upon people. I had people that said, I want to pray for you because I feel that God is going to heal you. And I said, okay. Only to find that I kept walking away the same. I found myself, when people had a word for me, I, I said, okay. But I found that I, I was walking away the same. And I thought, God, wait a minute. There's something that's missing again in my life, and I've got to find it. You see, yeah, I, I, we've worshipped, Pat and Dan and I, we, we, we worship together by ourselves in our homes and stuff like that. Many times I'm in my little studio that I had, and, and I'd be worshipping for four or five hours. And when I'd come out, she's in the living room under the power of God. Okay? And, 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 but you see, life and, and even ministry has gotten involved to where it became the, the, the focus and the forefront of my life. Because you see, I had to study so that I can preach. I had to practice so that I can sing. I had to do this. I had to do that. And one thing after another, and all of a sudden, I found myself forgetting those things that got me to where I'm at. It's amazing, Pastor, how we find ourselves that, that we, the, the, the struggles sometimes and the things that, that we find ourselves in that, that, that we forget and what God has brought us through. And then when we get somewhere, all of a sudden we think we don't need God anymore. I need God more than ever before. Amen. This morning when I was praying, I said, God, I said, you know what? You know, I've, I've been preaching now at our church, you know, for the last nine years. And, and uh, usually I've always, you know, asked Pastor Dana to do most of the preaching because she's a great preacher and, and she knows how to bring it on and stuff like that. And me, I'm kind of the guy that likes to stay in the backdrop. And God said, no. I want you up in the forefront because I want you to lay a foundation. Amen. And when I asked, when I said, okay, God, so then what do you want us to teach? What do you want us to preach? You want us to talk about faith? You want us to talk about worship? You want us to talk about uh, finances? You want to talk about, you know, what is it that you want? You know, signs and wonders, miracles? And he says, why don't you start with your character? And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, what's going on in your life today? You know, do you find yourself that you get frustrated real easy when something doesn't quite work as well? Yeah. Maybe you ought to cast that devil out that thing, huh? Oh, yeah. I'll sit there. I'll sit there. Okay. <laughs> Amen. But, the, yeah. And so, you know what? I find myself that I say, God, I, say, I, need, I, need, I need to be refocused. And then he says this. He says, Come back to that place where you and I had that one-on-one -on -one intimacy, intimacy time. The times when, when, when you worship, you worship not out of uh, 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 trying to get a song service going on, but simply just worshiping me just because of who I am. Not, not trying to pick out songs, but just let your heart be open to the point where you begin to start responding and when you draw me, then guess what? I'm going to pull you into a place that you've never been before, and I'm going to do things for you that, I've, that, that you've never seen before in your life. And so I went from 205 pounds being all strong and I thought I was Superman down to 117 pounds being nothing, only to find out that I'm 205 pounds again, and I'm strong. I'm not Superman anymore because he's my hero. Okay? He's the one that has brought me from where I'm at. So... so I have nothing to claim for myself. Okay? So everything that I do now in comparison to what I used to do, all right, it's all based upon what he does through me. I'm so trusting and I'm so reliant upon him. And, 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 and I don't want to take and do things on my own because I know that I'm going to blow it. I know I'm going to blow it. And so what I want to do is I want to take and say, God, all right, so what I need to do is I need to give you the very best of what I have. You know, when a farmer, and there's probably farmers in here, but when a farmer takes and he plants his, his seed and then when he harvests his crop, 
He takes the best of his crop and he gets it ready for the next harvest. But you see, oftentimes we eat our seeds. We take the best for ourselves. You know, when the Bible says bring the first fruits, your tithe, that tithe, what, 10%, 10% of what? You. And everything that has to do with you. Are you hearing me? When we do this, then it says this. It says, test me. Says, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open, not just open, but throw open the floodgates of heaven. You guys, we got a dam out here somewhere, and, and when they open up that floodgate, it just saturates and it just overtakes and stuff like that. Ooh, that's, that's, that's an awesome thing to think about. We can be those stones that, that get run over by that, that, that river of water that's, that's just crashing over you. Because what happens when, it, when, when it's going over you, it, it's actually it's washing those things that have been hanging on to you in your life. Test me and see if I will not open up the heavens and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I love what Jesse Duplantis says, and whether you like him or not, I don't know. That's not my, that's not my issue. But he says this. He says, you know, I love God because God's the God of too much. He's not just a God of enough, but he's the God of too much. And you know, whatever it is that you and I need in our lives, he can do that exceedingly, abundantly, above what you could ask, hope, or think. Okay? But, but, but we've got to come back to the front, the forefront, the first fruits of our lives. Okay? It continues on in the scripture. It says, it says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in your fields will not cast their fruits, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that word cast simply in Webster's Dictionary says this. It says to turn downward, to depress, to sadden, to discourage, to discard, to abandon, to disown. God says he'll stop those things from happening in your life. I like that. All right, and it says, then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Boy, I like that. Amen. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a story with you out of 1 Samuel, all right, chapter 1 and chapter 2. It's about, it's about a man who had two wives. Um, you know, I, 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 sometimes I have a hard time understanding some of these guys in the Old Testament that, you know, having multiple wives and stuff like that because, you know, I, I love my wife and stuff, but, 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 but one, one's enough. Okay, one's enough. All the men say amen. Okay. Now, there's some of you guys that are not even married and you're saying amen and stuff like that, so. All right. Story about a man who had two wives, okay? His name is Elkanah. Okay? He had, a, he had two wives. One was Hannah and one was Penina. All right? And the story is simply this is that Elkanah loved his wife, his wives. He loved them dearly, and he would do anything for them. And so they had this, this process where they would go uh, where the temple was at, and they would offer sacrifice, and they would offer worship before the Lord. And from the sacrifice, what they would do is, that, you know, they would give portions of the meat, and they would give it to their families. Well, Elkanah would take portions and, and give it to Penina and her children, and they would eat, and they would be taken care of. But there was something about Hannah. Hannah, you see, understand that she didn't have any children. She couldn't have any children, right? For whatever reasons, you know, that it, that it was there. But she couldn't have children. So some, Elkanah just kind of reached out to her in a, in a greater portion where he gave her double of what he gave Penina and his family. Now, Penina had children, okay? She had many children. And, and unfortunately, what happens oftentimes is that there's always this competitiveness that takes place, you know, when it comes to, you know, when there's more than one person. And, and just like, you know, Sarah and Hagar, you know, being made fun of and, and, and just mocking and just, you know, trying to make you feel bad and trying to make you feel less than. Okay? And so, so Penina was doing this to Hannah. And, you know, and it, and it was breaking her heart and, it, and just causing her to fall into this state of depression. And, and she was finding herself crying continuously and, and just, you know, God, you know, if there's, I mean, all I want is just to be able to have a child. That's all I want. But there was something more that God was wanting from her. Okay? 
And so when they went to the temple, she went off to herself and she began to start crying out before the Lord. As a matter of fact, her uh, weeping and her, the way that she carried herself, I mean, uh, Eli thought she was drunk. And he was trying to, he was going to chastise her and, and correct her for what she was doing. And she was saying, no, 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 understand. I'm not drunk. I, I'm just, I'm in a state where, where I'm saying, God, it's almost like if, 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 you don't, if you don't do this for me, God, there's no sense to live anymore. Now, I believe that in those days that, you know, if, if a woman couldn't bear a child for a, for a man, that she was worthless. And so, of course, you know, any wife would want to take and do what's, what's right and to make herself, you know, feel like she's something. So, so she cried out to God. And then, but she did this. She said, God, she said, if you will just give me a child. She said, I, I'll make a deal with you. I'll, if you just give me a child, I'll give him back to you. Okay? Now, in our, just with that saying, in our lives, as we ask God for things, are these things that we're wanting so that we can hoard for ourselves? Or are these things so that we can use them for the glory of God? Okay? You see? That, that's, you know... We've got these, these, all these shows on TV that talk about being a millionaire. We've got, you know, lottos that, in California, you guys got that here? Yeah. Got the lottery here, and there are people that are buying tickets like crazy. If you buy tickets, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not putting you down. But if you buy tickets so that you can get rich, then you better be able to handle that, that, that wealth. Okay? Because too many people that are wanting wealth don't know what it's like to handle the finances in that, in that, in that category. But if you can handle it, that's why God doesn't, he can't give a lot of people. Because he can't trust you with it. Because what will happen is you'll go out and you get yourself some new shoes like I did. Okay, you look, be looking real spry like I am. Okay, you know, you, you, you know, you find yourself doing some different things. You see, my clothes, most of them were given to me. You know, and, 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 I'm, and I'm so grateful for them because, and when I wear them, I don't wear them to try to, once again, impress you. I wear them because I like them. They're comfortable, but I want to make sure that I'm in a place and in a position that is going to honor him with everything that I do. Okay. Hannah got a double portion. Her womb was closed. She had no children. And she was destitute in her life. And so she made an agreement with God. You give me a child, I'll give him back to you. I want you to turn to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, as a matter of fact. Let's just read this a little bit here. And I want you to see what God says in this whole process. I'll give it back to you. Yeah. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we'll go to verse 10. There it is. Start with verse 10. And we'll go to verse 20. And I love this story. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. Verse 10, it says, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. She made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty. First of all, you have to understand that she recognized who God was. Okay? He wasn't just Jehovah Jireh, but he was the I Am. He wasn't, what, he wasn't yesterday. He wasn't tomorrow. He was right now. Okay? God, you're the God of today, and I'm going to take in, and, and I'm going to acknowledge that aspect because you're the one that can sustain. You're the one that can do my life. So she said, Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, uh, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were not moving. Excuse me, her lips were moving, but her voice, there was nothing heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and she said, and he said, and said to her, 
How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Now, for those of you that had the wine this morning, okay, get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my, say with me, soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman, for I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Elkanah, excuse me, early the next morning, uh, they rose and worshiped before the Lord. Interesting, because after she got her answer, or after she got some relief, what was, what was the next thing she did? She went back and worshiped. How many times do we find ourselves when, when God does something for us and he answers our prayer and we go about our business and we forget all about it? Okay. They worshiped. And then they went back to their home at Ramah or Rama. Now, Canna lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, she conceived and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Wow. You ever find yourself thinking that maybe God forgets you from time to time? You ever feel alone in life where it seems that, you know, God's not even there? Yeah. I like that story about the footprints in the sand. You know, and how many times have I asked God, and maybe even through the course of what I went through for the past 15 years, where I, God, where are you? You know, I mean, I was a man, I'm a man of faith, and, and so I was standing in faith and everything, and I, I was being prayed for, and I had prophetic words given to me, all, you know, all these kind of things. You know, it's like, God, where are you right now? See, I, 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 you know, I, I needed you more than anything else. And so I find out that, that oftentimes when I look back throughout the course of my life and I only saw one set of footprints, that, that it wasn't my footprints struggling, getting to where I needed to go but that I was so like Hannah in such a destitute situation in my life, with my body, with my mind, with my heart. Everything about me was, ready, was just so distraught that I couldn't, even, I couldn't even drag myself to get to any place. But it was in those times that God had to carry me. And maybe in your life today, maybe God has been carrying some of you. And you've been wondering, God, where are you? Maybe some of you have been asking God for some things in your life and, and you haven't quite got the answer and you're saying, God, where are you? Maybe you've received the prophetic word maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago and you still haven't seen the manifestation of that word and you're saying, God, where are you? Let me tell you this. Like Hannah, God remembers. Okay? But you know what? You, you, you take and you plant a, a, a garden and, and, and you don't just walk away and leave it alone. But in order to be able to plant a garden, you've got to take and make sure that you keep it tilled. You've got to make sure you keep the, uh, the weeds out. You've got to make sure you keep the bugs out. You've got to make sure that you water the thing. You've got to make sure that you feed it so that then all of a sudden, and then it, it doesn't always come right off the bat. Okay? All of a sudden, you don't plant a palm tree, a seed of a palm tree, and all of a sudden you've got this big old palm tree with these fans all over it. It takes a process of time. So it is when you plant seed. It takes a process of time. You, you would know that. Okay? Sometimes, you, you know, you, sometimes you may plant finances. It takes a process of time. You see, and if I don't get it right away, then I'm going to say, God, you, you're not true to what you said you were going to do. And then he'll ask you, did you seek me first? Or did you just go ahead and do what you wanted to do before you asked? How many times do we take and we do things with God or, you know, that we think we're doing it for God and we never really asked him to do it and all of a sudden we do it and then we say, okay, God, bless it. And when you don't see the answer to it, you're going, what happened, God? You said that you would meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
You said if I gave that it will be given to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Would you cause men to give to me? Lord, you said, you said, you said. What happened? He said, did you give me your first fruit? Did you give me your time of the day to be able to talk with me? Not even to ask, just to spend some time with me. Just to spend time. Yeah, listen. Listen. Listen, how many times do we go to God and we're always talking, 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 and then finally when we finish, we walk away. And God was saying, you know, you know, wait, wait. You know, but we've already closed our ears. We've already closed our hearts because we've, we've done our part. We've done our religious duty. Okay? And, and, and God is saying, just stop, be still, and know that I'm God. Stand still and, and see the salvation of the Lord. But we've got to start somewhere. We've got to stop the insanity of our lives. And we've got to get to the point where we say, okay, God, this is the day that you have made. Okay, your word says that I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But you know what? I need the wisdom of your spirit right now to help me so that I can enjoy it. Okay? Just because the word says it, listen, the Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives it life. And so I can sit there and I can quote the word all day long, but if I don't allow the spirit to make it alive inside of me and then be led by the spirit so that I can take and function in the things that he wants me to do, then I'm not necessarily going to see the results that I'm expecting in my life. We talked about expectations. Dave was talking about it last night. When you come, come ready to expect. You know, ex- with expectation. We heard it this morning. Get your expectation ready to go. Absolutely. But make sure you get your preparation in order as well. Because preparation without expect- expectation, without preparation, will lead you to devastation. And too many of us have been devastated in our lives. In the ministry traveling, I had, I had a lot of expectation. Had expectation with people. I had expectations with pastors. I had expectations with, with other things and stuff. And I found that all those things disappointed me because I got my eyes on them instead of on, instead of on doing what I'm talking about today and saying, God, you're it. Show me. I believe that there's coming a day, and it's already, I believe, it's happening, is where we're going to have to be so sensitive to the Spirit that we've got to listen because he's going to say one day, don't go out that door. Another time, he's going to say, go left, don't go right. He's going to say, do this, don't do that. The question is, is are we going to be ready? Are we going to be prepared? Or is our hearts going to be you know, at a point where, where we can take and hear God so clearly because we spent time with him? You see, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. But there's been a, 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 a wolf in sheep's clothing that has infiltrated the church. You see, pl- platforms are turned into entertainment centers. People have become spectators instead of participators. Okay? Why? It's because we've lost the the art of how to entertain God. So what we do is we go to to what's next best. And that is, let's let's get the people. So let's let's do what we can to get the people in there. Because the bigger the church we have, the better we look. Okay? The more money we get. So that we can do more things. Well, there's a story in the Bible about a woman who had a, a, a little box of ointment, oil, and, and she, she cracked it open and, and poured it over Jesus' head. And, and because the disciples didn't understand what was going on, they said, oh, wait a minute. We can, we can sell this thing and, and, and we can give it to the poor. Okay? Yeah, you know what was going on there. Somebody was double dipping. Okay? And so we've got to find ourselves that we say, God, help me. Help me not to be religious. Help me not to be traditional. Okay, there's, there, there's, there's order, and I believe in order, but I believe that there is a place where God is bringing us and he's showing us throughout this feast of a freedom that he has called us to, that, 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 that we stop looking to the left or the right of who's around us and governing our actions based upon what's going on around us. Okay? See, we, we've got to get back to that place where it's an audience of one. Okay? You know, I, I don't care. Like I said, I, I'm not here to impress you because, you know, I don't know how to. 
Okay, with, whether it's with my music, whether it's with our songs, whether it's teaching. You know, a lot of times, even in my church, I, I just, sometimes I, I'm, I'm just fumbling and trying to figure out, God, where am I going with all this? You know, only to find at the end that some, several people come up to me and say, oh, you don't understand, you don't know what you said today. It just, it just turned my life around. I'm going, really? Well, it kind of jacked up mine. <laughs> you know, but that's, but that's God. That's God. He's the author. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know it's it's it's, it's crazy. You know I don't want to do anything, guys, that's going to hinder. First of all, my walk with him, my love with him, and then my call with him. Okay, I don't want to do anything that's going to do that. And so I've got to take and you know, listen. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He started me. You know, and he wants to finish me. Did you hear what I said? I said, he started me, and he wants to finish me. Okay? But, but, but I've got to give him access to me and my life and my mind and my heart, my body. I've got to give him access so that he can get in there and he can tweak the things that are out of line. And he can put it back into order so that I can take it now begin to function. That instead of, instead of having to stumble throughout life, now I can run the race. Okay? Now I can cross that finish line and I can receive that, that crown of life. So I can take and live my life and so that whatever it is that I say, that, that as far as what I'm concerned, whatever it is that I say, that, that it'll literally do something that'll change you that says, you know what, I'm not going to allow myself to be the same when I came into this place. The Bible says that when you're in His presence that you're changed from glory to glory. When you leave this place, when you walk out that door, do me a favor, before you take a step out, check yourself. And find yourself to see if, okay, am I going to go home and, and, and am I going to yell at my wife again? No. Okay. Um, am, am, am I, am I going to beat my kids again? No. Okay. Am I going to sit and, 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 and just gorge on food? And, and It's almost food time, huh? Okay. And gorge on food and, 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 and drink my thing. And, and am I going to just live my life? And, and, and that's, you know, no, I, I hope not. I hope that when you leave this place, and, and then we, we, we leave this feast and, and we find ourselves looking at the things that, that oftentimes was troubling us and hindering us and not allowing us and maybe start eliminating some things from our lives. Okay. Eli, he blessed Hannah and Elkanah. And he, listen, he said, may the Lord give you children. This is 1 Samuel 2.20. He said, may the Lord give you children um, by this woman. Now, he was talking about Hannah, right? Is that on there? Oh, there it is. May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. And, And guess what? She conceived... And gave birth to three more sons and two daughters. Of course, five, the number of grace. Wasn't God's graciousness on on her life? That's incredible. And yet the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Okay. Um, I'm going to end with this story. Okay. Did I do good, Pastor? Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was told that if I didn't keep it within 30 minutes, I w- I'd never come back again here. So, no, I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. For those of you watching my live stream, if you're watching me now, that is a total out and out lie. Father, forgive me. Okay. I know not what I do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple person that I'm just, you know, I need help, God, please. There's a story of a little girl that I heard. Her name was Jenny, who had... Uh, gone with her daddy to the store, and she had acquired uh, this little strand of pearls. They weren't real. They were cheap. Whether she got them out of a bubblegum machine or whether they were in, you know, in just one of the aisles for you know, maybe the 99-cent store, she had this, this strand of pearls, and, and she loved those pearls. Man, she wore those things all the time, and, and she was so excited every, every morning. I mean, she were, she'd wear them to bed and everything, and she'd never take them off. And, and after a period of time, her dad would ask her, says, Honey, can I have the pearls? No. 
kind of like what sometimes we do, even as adults. When God is saying, can, can I have your first fruit? Can I, can I have your, your life? Can, can I have your heart? And we say, no. And so time would go on, and, and he'd ask again, Jenny, honey, can I, can I have your pearls? No. And this went on for a, for a season, for a period of time, until one day when he came in and he said, honey, can I, can I have your pearls? And she looked at her daddy with those gleaming eyes and so much, you know, she was a daddy's girl. And she took the pearls off and she gave them to her daddy. And her daddy took and said, thank you, sweetie, so much. And with his other hand, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a box. And he handed her this box. He said, this is for you. When she opened it up, there was a brand new set of real pearls. Be careful with what you hold on to. Be careful with what you hold on to when God is asking of you. Because you never know what's in his hands that he wants to get to you. You see, I learned this. There's um, a guy up there, his name is Tommy Tenney who talked about intimacy and, and worship with God. He said, if you closed your hands to God, God's hands will be closed to you. You see, and when, you, when we talk about closing your hands to God, when Jesus said, when you've done this to the least of these, you've done this to me. When, when there's somebody who needs what you have and you close your hand to that. I appreciate it, Sheila, and, and, and her business, businesses that she has, and she was sharing with me things that were going on uh, equipment and, and, and stuff that she's been, you know, her and her, her, and her husband sending to Puerto Rico and, 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 and other places and stuff like that, you know, and, and the blessing that, that is going to come back on her and her family uh, and her businesses because of the, the faithfulness of being able to let go of what's in their hands. All right? When, when, when the offering is being taken and, and you're finding yourself that you're going, okay, uh, I'm reaching in my wallet and Okay, I'm going to get that. Let me see, I got, you know, a $100 bill. I got a 50. I got a 20. I got a, a 10. I got a 5. And I got a 1. And I got two nickels. Question is, which one are you going to give? Because you see, with the same measure you meet, it'll be given. If you're going to be cheap with God, then don't, ex- don't expect God to be, you know, extravagant with you. Okay. If, if, if you're going to shortchange God, then don't expect that, that everything in your life is going to be full. You know, I don't care how much of a Christian you are. I don't care if you've been a Christian for all your life. I don't care if, if you've memorized the Bible 50,000 times. You know, I, I don't care if, if, if you stand and you've preached. I don't care. I don't. Because you're only as good as your word. You're only as good as your heart. And if your heart is flawed and you're trying to go to God with a flawed heart, not, not willing to change, then guess what? Then God is limited in what he can do for you. This all-powerful God, this omnipotent God, this omniscient God, this omnipresent God, this God who's eternal, he, he's limited by what you offer him. So be careful. Be careful. God is calling, he has, he has set a mandate, he has called through all the, all the speakers and all the things that have went on this week. There's a lot of stuff that was spoken. The question is, is that are you going to take and allow yourself to be robbed so that we can continue to rob God of the whole tithe? Father, I love you. I did what you asked. And I leave it in your hands now. Help me to continuously live a life of constantly giving you the very best of my life. And Father, I pray for each and every person in this room and Lord, those that are watching my live stream today. 
Father, I pray a, not just a blessing, but Father God, I pray uh, a spirit of obedience. Father, I pray, I pray Lord, that, 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 that our hearts have been pricked today and that we're challenged. That's really what I come to do. I come to challenge us. I didn't come to tickle ears. I came to challenge us, Father God, not to be complacent and not to be satisfied with, with what we have and, what, and the things that we're doing. Because there's a whole lot more of you. It's like that diamond. You, you look at it, uh, one facet of that diamond through, through a, a light and you see a prism and you see a, a, just a, a, the beauty and, and how it's designed from that one facet. And we think, oh God, yes, I've seen you. I've experienced you. Now I know you. But yet then he turn, you turn yourself like that diamond to see another facet and all of a sudden there's a whole different perspective. God, help us. Help us not to be stagnant in just one place, but God, to be, to be able to, to, to flourish in, the, in every area of our lives so that we can bless you as we bless those that are around us. Father, I've been humbled and I've been honored to stand in this house, to stand before this congregation and this pulpit. I say, Father, receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, you can clap. You can whistle. You can, yeah, all of it. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Praise the Lord. Another one? No, ma'am. No, I'm already working on that. Uh, <laughs> I got his wallet. Um, <laughs> so we have a beautiful family dinner next door. We're going to have the ministries go first, if you please allow the ministries to go first, and then those that are the furthest away, like Karen and Jane and some of those. We are not having a family dinner because we're having it this afternoon or this morning. I guess this afternoon. But we are having our 7 o'clock gathering tonight. So, it's not over until it's over. Until the thin lady sings, right? So, bring someone tonight if you've had a burden for somebody and they haven't had the opportunity to come and hear the voice of the Lord, but more so the fellowship. To come and be loved on, valued and cared about, and be listened to. So, Father, we just thank you. Father, we bless that food. Father, we thank you for every hand that had their purpose in blessing this household and preparing it. And, Father, we ask that there be a supernatural work take place as we break bread together, Jesus, that you would impart, you would release the character, the substance of who you are. And let the rivers of living water flow through this love affair that we have as we break bread. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right.